Ag State of Mind, episode 50. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows, and I am actually recording this in a basement apartment in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We, Carrie and I, are on a two-week vacation without any kids. We were supposed to be in Scotland, but since COVID hit, we had to change up our plans a little bit. And let me tell you, this has been a pretty good consolation. Um, spending some time in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, then back to South Dakota and Nebraska, seeing some friends, hopefully, if all if all works out well. So uh, yeah, this has been a really exciting week for us, two weeks actually. So uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you, um, getting away and seeing another part of the world, another part of the country, wherever it is, is one of the best things that happens for our marriage and just for me personally. It just kind of clears my mind a little bit, and I'm always happy to. I'm always happy to go, but I'm I'm even happier to get back, and because I I appreciate my life so much more when when I'm able to leave it behind for a little bit. All right, today on the podcast, this is episode 50, so I wanted to make a very special guest for episode 50, and today's guest is none other than Jared McDaniel. Jared is a rancher and farmer from the Panhandle of Oklahoma. He is also host of the Ag Uncensored podcast, which, by the way, is a podcast that I draw a lot of inspiration from, from Jared's conversational tone and to the topics that he talks about. Um, He is, he's been one of a, one of my main mentors through all of this. And I was really excited to sit down and talk to him on a podcast. He is like one of the original players on ag Twitter. And we talked about his journey there and how he grew. And then we kind of shift and we speak about the world we're living in now and how having a different perspective on life can really change our outlook. And I, Jared and I are in a hundred percent agreements on this and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for, you know, him taking the time. He's a busy guy and we had to reschedule this a couple of times, but no worries. We got it done. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a great conversation just to let you know, it's going to be a little bit longer than normal, but, that's okay because we go into some really cool stuff. So, all right, here is episode 50 with my friend, Jared McDaniel. All right, Jared McDaniel, welcome to the podcast today, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. I wish it was cooler, but, uh, you know, it's, I'm probably not going to get a whole lot of sympathy from you down there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how, how, what's the temperature there? You probably have a ton of humidity, don't you? Yeah, we have a ton of humidity. It's like, I think today was like 95, but it was, I mean, it's pretty dang humid. So, I mean, just normal Missouri weather, August Missouri weather. So, do you guys just sit inside and and be miserable? Like how to, I mean, kind of, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. It's too hot to go out. Yeah. Like, I mean, before, before we started recording, my wife and I jumped on the, the gator and went out and looked at a few cows and just like, man, it sucks out here. Let's go yeah. back in the house. So do you um, run in that? That I mean, that looks like that would be like a torture chamber. You could be like, I'm getting I in mean, super shape now. 
I do, but like I, I have to get up like super early in the morning. Like I run at five, five a.m. Wow. Usually, that's so, dedicated, and I mean it's great because by the time you hit like six or seven, you're you're like on cloud fifteen, and everybody else is just waking up. Like yeah, it's great. That's but. my favorite part about it. I think is like actually knowing that I'm doing something when nobody else or not very many people else are. So, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That's, that's a whole it, thing. Like if you're willing to work when everybody else isn't like, if you know that you're putting in some effort to, to achieve a goal and the guy that you're going against is not, that's powerful, yeah, man. That's, that's for real. a big deal. No, huh? that's absolutely. That's another, you know, athletics that teaches you so much about like life and competition, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, it teaches you how to lose at life you know, sometimes and like how to get better after you lose. And uh, I think that's if there's a lot of lessons that are learned there that, that kids can really like grasp onto for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So tell me, tell me about you, Jared. I mean, I think probably a lot of people who listen to the, this podcast are familiar with you, but you know, there's uh, tell everybody where in the world you are and what you do and you know, how this silly podcast of yours got started. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, I don't, I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I know myself. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm located out here in the Oklahoma Panhandle in Texoma, Oklahoma. It's just a, you know, it's a small town in Western Oklahoma, just Southwest of a uh, big, a bigger town of Guymon, North of Amarillo. We're kind of out here on the high plains, grew up here, uh, both of my, both sets of my grandparents actually lived here. My, my father's grandparents uh, homesteaded, or actually his, my great grandparents homesteaded in 1906. So they were some of them that like, you know, did the whole run. I don't know if they had a, actually had a land run, but you know, they staked their claim and came out here and settled and then stayed through the Dust Bowl. And uh, you know, that was, that was kind of their, their thing is they just <laughs> didn't leave. So um, my mother's, parents that my mother's grand my grandparents I'm on my mother's side I guess is what I'm trying to say they uh settled here whenever she was younger and so you know both families lived in town so both my uh, mom and dad grew up here so it's kind of one of those I've you know my family's been here for a long time dad my, my dad stayed out in Oregon him and my mother divorced when I was young and she moved back and uh, then she married who did, who's my dad that raised me was uh, my stepdad, Ron Murphy is his name. He was the, actually the high school basketball coach and high school principal. Uh, but you know, they married when I was very young, you know, four, I think I was five. I'm going to get, I'm going to butcher that. Then somebody in the family is going to get mad at me. But <laughs> anyway, I, I was young whenever they got married. And so that was dad, you know, growing up and I still have my dad in Oregon and uh, that was it. You know, I small town America. I played all the sports I did all the stuff that happens, you know, when you're growing up in small rural towns, you, you shoot every animal that's ever walked and you, uh, you do everything that is stereotypical of a small rural town. in Western Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, you just, that's the kind of the lifestyle you, you, that it is or it, or it was. And, you know, went, went to college at Oklahoma state. And while I was down there, my first year of, of college, you know, that the plan was my, my grandfather on my father's side, he was a single child. He farmed and ranched in him and my grandmother. And of course, when dad stayed out in Oregon, there wasn't anybody to step in. And uh, so then I stepped in that role. Uh, you know, that was my plan was to just come back. 
it, well, he had a stroke whenever I was a freshman. It wasn't, it didn't kill him, but it incapacitated him to the point that he was no longer able to, you know, do the work and manage the operation. And, and at the time it's a sizable operation with some employees and, and thankfully at the, at the time I also had, you know, some, some really great people around that worked with the operation and also like uh, mom was here and, and all my family, you know, I, I failed to mention that also I was a part of six, my mom and I, and my sister when we came back. So I have uh, me and my sister and then my four stepsisters, which were Ron, uh, Ron's daughters. So you grew up, I grew in a house full of girls. Yeah. I was one boy. Oh, wow. I was one boy, uh, one boy and uh, five girls. And then of course, mom and dad, but yeah, it was, right. I was sorely outnumbered and, but it taught me a lot about tolerance and, and how, uh, how women are, are just like everybody else. You know, they've, they've got, they've got issues and, and so do people, but anyway, <laughs> but and I can say that jokingly cause I, 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 I endured five of them and, and they're all great yeah, people. I mean, they're you, all, you, you earned the right. Yeah, no, I, I, all my sisters are wonderful people. I love them all. They're, they're really good people. But anyway, you know, I grew up in a big, uh, big family in a small town. Uh, like I said, dad was a basketball coach. So I played, you know, all my athletics. He was a high school principal. My mother taught computer science at Oklahoma Panel State University. Diane Murphy's her name. She's wonderfully smart, always taught me everything that, you know, was one of those people that just taught you how to live life. You know, she's, mm-hmm. she's just a real cool person. I'd like to get her on. I'm going to get her on the podcast. I just haven't figured mm-hmm. out when, when or how. Just hadn't done it, I guess. So, you know, that uh, that's pretty much my story. When I came back to the farm, after college, you know, I spent my college years, there was, I would come back during the weekends and summers and, and work and manage the operation, uh, basically from, from Stillwater as much as I could. People, I had, there's people here that ran the day to day and I kind of dove into the business side of it. And it was pretty cool. Cause I, I was in college learning how to uh, run a ranch and farm while I was like, and you were able to apply it real time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like my farm and ranch management. The funny thing was, is I actually wrote the business plan for the, you know, the operation that I was running and that was, you know, I was two years into it and uh, you know, the farm and ranch, you know, usually it's one of those things somebody just calls it in and they just make up a fake deal, but I was actually had financials and, and it was, it taught me a lot. You know, it's a unique opportunity to really, you're, you know exactly what your business is on paper the reality is, is when you come back and start and you've got all this ego swagger and youth and energy, you go out and you shoot yourself in the foot several times because you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't understand experience and, and, uh, and then, then you get better and, and slowly you progress. And 20 years later, you're, you're sitting somewhere around part of this world and, and things have worked out. So, and then, you know, along the way, graduated college, got married right out of college and was married for seven years boy, I'm going to butcher that. Yeah. Seven years. Uh, got divorced when I was right around, right around 30, 31 in that age range. Uh, it was a rough time. It was one of those things that, you know, I had, I, it was, it was mutual. It wasn't a bad divorce. It was just something happens, you know, just go, nothing you expect. I never expected to be in that spot, but yet here, yeah, yeah, but, but yet here I was. And, and, and it did that, I think is, is one of those defining moments in life that it, it doesn't break you, but it damn sure tries pretty hard. You know, it's, well, I tell you, man, that's, that's huge. I probably a lot of people don't realize like that. I went through that too, man. Mm-hmm. I, my uh, first marriage ending, that's heavy, man, no matter what, no matter when or where, what the circumstances is, whether it's amicable or not. I mean, it's rough. And you know, that's a, like you said, it's like a, it's a point of life that really defines you. And like, 
puts your perspective like blown up. I think like mm-hmm. it, no. it, it's really hard. Yeah, I, I think it breaks you. I think it, I think it literally yeah. breaks you as a human mentally, and 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 for good reason because you know, in the end, whatever it was that, you know, that you were or they were or whatever, you know, it didn't work. And, and, and probably it's a good chance for everybody to stop and reflect on, on where they're going. And, and, uh, you know, for was very fortunate. It, uh, worked out well. We, we get along great mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of angst, you know, around it. It was kind of just, everybody walked away from the table and did what we had to do. So, you know, and I'm comfortable with that and, and everybody in the situation is, and I, you know, I, I, and I don't want to get into it any more than that because it's, it, it is a sensitive area, but it, but it's, it's a good one, you know, and it, so, sure. so, you know, came out of that with flying colors and, uh, met my wife now, Julie, and it's been a rocket ship whirlwind adventures since then. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. There's not a, you know, it's one of those things that's really cool because you see, it's just, it's the greatest thing in the world. You know, if, if you love your wife and love your life and have, have wonderful kids, uh, there's not much that you can say beats that. And that's been the last 12 years. I'm 12 going on 13. I'm going to get that wrong. Yeah. Yep. So wow. a lot of years. Uh, and in that time, we, uh, we each had a child from our previous marriage and, and then we had four more together. So we ended up in a family of six and it's phenomenal. In fact, uh, I've been out here farming and ranching for the last 20 years. So you know, things have changed in that regard as far as like what we do, how we do it. You know, I've changed from going from just being, you know, fresh out of college, knowing how the world's going to work to figuring out that I really didn't know crap, but. <laughs> I mean, don't we all though? Well, right? yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a natural time of, of, of humbling. You kind of get a, a sense of, of what you, what you need to learn, what you, what you need to adapt. And you realize how, you know, there's people around you that can teach you and there's people around you that, maybe don't, you know, there's also, you know, there's, there's the reality of you lose all your teachers. And this is something that I came to the grips with a lot early on in life is, uh, so, you know, I started losing grandparents Mm -hmm. early, fairly early on. And, and one thing about, uh, you know, whenever I was here and and the dad of my grandparents, his side, you know, he wasn't here and he was, he had a brother that died young in college. So he was, he was kind of one of those single stair step down well you know they they were my grandparents needed help and there's you know there's you're involved in it so you know i was fortunate that i was able to be around all of my grandparents as they went through you know pretty some pretty bad one died of cancer one lou gehrig's uh one just you know old age uh you know some of those things that were very uh you know, their experiences, it, it teaches you a lot about you. When you watch, you watch someone cross the finish line enough times, you start to realize what the race is about because you, yeah. you see, you, you sit in a room and you watch the, the reality of, of life leaving. And, and that was hard, but at the same time, it was a good, it was a great experience. I mean, I, you know, it, I'm not going to say it doesn't suck to go through it because it does. Right. Right. You know, but I mean, you can't come out on the other side. Yeah. You know, you, you watch your loved ones passed away and you, and, and I'm, I'm down to my mom. I have no grandparents, uh, great grandparents, you know, all, all those people are long, you know, and, and, and they passed away fairly early on. Both my dads are, mm-hmm. are have passed and, and you start to, uh, I think you start to come in your own when that happens because, you know, there's nobody left to, because I don't care who you are, you want to impress or not disappoint, you know, your, your parents yeah. or, or some, some authority figure or somebody you really respect. And, and not that you change your behavior when they're gone, but you, you also aren't met with the expectation in your own mind of being like that person. 
and and it's a freeing thing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that that's got to be freeing though? I, I yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And the thing that you, I don't know if everybody does. My conclusion was that after the fact, you realize that it, you know, there wasn't ever any kind of a uh, like they're gonna love you no matter what. Like it, you could be the worst kid in the world, and you're probably gonna come out all right in their book. And and that's not saying you take it for granted that you don't have to put in the effort to be a decent like kid or 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 child or or some offspring. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I mean, you still have to. You can't call it in, but your your parents love you because that's what they do, and 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 you're the best thing no matter what. So, you know that's that's heavy because you realize it after they're gone. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think you realize that. Oh well, you know, I didn't. It wasn't a. Uh, wasn't in you weren't trying to you really didn't have to impress anybody because they were already impressed and you didn't have to to not disappoint them because they weren't going to be disappointed and that's that's I, I think that's kind of a a secret thing i think goes on between fathers and sons i think a lot of fathers think that they're not uh, doing right by their their son i think a lot of sons think they're not impressing their fathers but yet when you boil it all down they're probably both just fine you know <laughs> yeah yeah no you're right i mean i i can i can appreciate that having you know, my dad, my dad's towards the end of life. And I mean, I remember lots of times just going above and beyond to try and impress him where it really, all it, all it really came down to is it didn't really matter. He was going to love me no matter what. And I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting way you said that because I don't know if anybody else really sees it that way. Because I, I think it's a good place to come from, though. I think it's a good place to know that your parents or someone who you are close to, they're, you don't have to be, obviously, you don't have to be perfect, or you don't have to do these humongous blockbuster things to make them think you are anything more than they already think. They're, they're going to love you for what you are at your core. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's the freedom, and it will it's a freedom of not needing approval really. Yeah. I mean, it comes to down to that. And then, then that also leads to the freedom to, to, to begin to find out who you are. I think that's a huge part of, of life is you, you know, you kind of have to live this. Is, I'm not going to say this right, but you have to, you have to live your first life that, you know, that you was kind of patterned out what people thought, what you're going to do. And then you get to the point that you actually have like, okay, we've leveled up. We've seen everything we need to see here. And what's next? And then you start, I mean, I, I, I'm firm believer that the journey is, is the, the fun part, you know, going, even going through this coronavirus, it has mm-hmm. been a, a very awesome experience. I, I don't know if that aggravates people, but I think it's, it's been one of those things that when our kids, you know, when, whenever we got all our time back, when we got told that we're not going to uh, go to anything, we're done. You know, we're like, it, it was kind of like a, a time bomb went off in your schedule deal. And, and that was great because it, it, it gave us, it gave us our time back. It made us, it forced us to deal with not having distractions, everybody at the same time. Right. And you know, when it first happened, we're like everybody else, you hunker down, you do everything and you just, you, then you start to come to the realization that, Oh, we're out here by ourselves. We're doing this. And you know, we, as a, family actually kind of went to work and started doing stuff together and in ways that you know kids have always been out and helped and worked but now we've got them old enough like they can actually like we gathered cattle we mm-hmm. did that kind of stuff we just had a, a great summer of of 
the kids turning into adults, us, us giving them more independence, like you go do this or you that, or the, you know, even teaching the younger ones to kind of fend for themselves a little bit. Like, Hey, you know, mom and dad are working. You need to wash some clothes or do dishes or kind of a more of a fundamental way of life of actually treating every day with responsibilities that have to be handled and taken care of. And the responsibilities we're dealing with at home things, not, not, Oh, let's make sure we got our shoes so we can get to basketball practice and we don't forget this because then we're going to have to turn around and be at this team meeting. And, and those things are wonderful. They're great. But I think it kept it in perspective when we were deprived of it for a while. Like real life, life skills. I mean, like things that they're going to have to, you know, you used to talk about washing clothes or putting yeah, basic. Uh, cooking I mean, just dinner. It, or, and that was like younger kids that couldn't go out. Now, older kids, it was like, hey, you know, we, we've always talked about how you're going to do this. Like even driving a skid steer, something simple like that. You know, mm-hmm. most, ki- most, most farm kids learn it at a fairly young age. I'm, I'm sure. kind of a believer that when they're old enough to be kind of in an adult situation, you put them in it. I'm not, sure. you know. I, I I can barely run the damn thing. I'm not going to put my <laughs> little kids in a skid steer. So uh, kudos to those guys that love to do it. I So, you know, the, and the older ones are old enough to kind of, you can start piling those responsibilities on them. And, and then you start realizing that, I, or I did, I'm, uh, I say keep saying you, but I realized that, you know, they're becoming adults at a really fast rate. In a couple of years, they may want to be back here. They may not. They may want to move on with their life. But they're going to be gone really quick. And mm. this moment of, of we get to hang out, it was, it was phenomenal. It was awesome. It was probably the most fun I've had in a long time. And, uh, and the thing is, is that at the same time that's happening, I'm watching everybody talk about how they just are ready to check out. Like they hate it. They're miserable. And I just, it, it, I don't want, I don't go there. I'm just not, I mean, to my, to my knowledge, there's nothing that says you have to grow up and then be miserable every day of your life. I don't think that's written anywhere. So. <laughs> right. I mean, we were talking before I recorded. I, somebody asked me how my life is right now. I was like, man, it's, it's the best it's ever been. And like, isn't that the goal? You know, isn't that the goal to be in your 30s and 40s and even beyond? And those, like, those, you're, I mean, to me, the prime of your life when you're the age that we are, it's not about being miserable. It's about enjoying it. It's, and I, I think that, if you have the right perspective, you can make the best out of any situation. And this whole coronavirus thing has kind of been a good opportunity to kind of put that into play. I mean, you're right. I mean, when we when it first started, it was a little scary. We didn't know. We didn't know anything. But then once it got on and on, you know, we've we found it as an opportunity to, like you said, spend more time together as a family. Um, my oldest son, give him some responsibilities that, I would probably have a hard time giving to another adult man that is here, you know? So, I mean, some really great things that I think are going to come. I mean, there are, I think there's going to be some, some backlash from this, but I think the positives really, if we really are intentional about it are going to outweigh the negatives. Oh, totally. I mean, we've redesigned an entire generation's way of living in about six months. Right. And, and, yeah. and I say an entire generation that encompasses like several generations within this whole demographic that is even on alive on our planet. And, and it, and it happened worldwide. Now, whether or not the after effects are being, you know, weaponized, used against I mean, that's, that's a whole nother ball game. You have to, right. you, know, you have yeah. to dedicate like mountains of time to, to sorting <laughs> through that crap. But, you know, just as a, 
farmer in western and oklahoma sure you're, sure, our opinions on that are probably going to piss some people off too, oh so. i'm sure they are you know and, but but that, but here's the deal if they got they get mad at that they get mad at something else some, i mean right, exactly some people just get mad and 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 mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's a drug like anything else it, it feels good to them so i mean you can't fault them if that's what if that's what right, that's what makes yeah. them make some tick it's it's i don't know that's all no, you're ball right i mean that's that that is i mean that's and I think all, we've all, I mean, I know I have, I've been there before where it's kind of felt good to be mad, but man, it's a, a waste of a lot of energy that could be put to something else. Yeah. That's yeah. More well, it's, it, it's just once you learn to earn, I think once a person gets to the point that they can focus that energy on something positive and, and, you know, a lot of that you, in order to get to the point that you're ready to focus your energy you know, it takes a little guidance. It takes maybe some, some deep soul searching about where you want to be, what you want to do. A lot of it's forged through failure. You know, a lot of it is getting your ass kicked in whatever endeavor mm-hmm. you're trying to do. And, you know, that's, and then exploring ways to get better at it. I mean, I, I don't know how people develop their skills. One thing that I believe is always kind of something that was taught to me by my forefathers or whoever, whether, whether they taught me or that's just how they lived and I picked it up either way, was just not being afraid to teach yourself something. You know, if you don't, if you don't know how to do it, for example, uh, I never had a sprayer, but I, I knew I needed to spray because the bills were adding up and it was one of those things that, you know, it was hard to get applicators and so I think I was 25, 26, somewhere. I mean, I, you know, I took, like everybody else, I, I could write the formula down. I could do the math. I could look at a pressure gauge. Like I understood the basics of spraying, but I'd never had actually driven a sprayer, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's something that it's like, well, how am I going to do this? So I found a little three-point sprayer and I had a buddy that was, you know, a neighbor, just a cool dude that w- willing to come over and spend an hour in the cab and just say, he, this is the button you flip on and off. And that was all I took. Just like it's some dude giving me a little bit of his time, a little grace, and, and giving me a moment to 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 kind of play dumb and don't you know ask questions that you maybe don't don't you just don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. And within an hour, you 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 now have leveled up, and now you know how to do this. And then you you go play with that. You know, you play how to with like it's like a tricycle. You you learn how to run this small thing, then you get something bigger because uh, you need more size or you need, or, you know, whatever happens, you you have the ability to move up because now you've learned how to, a new skill. And that moment I learned how to spray and then I could run a bigger one. So now I have uh, that skill of running a bigger one. Now I can even get bigger. Now, now I can spray anything anytime I want to, because it was just almost a point of frustration. And it was kind of a, a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt to go learn that stuff. But because you took the time to make the effort several many years ago, this skill that has been applied and developed 10 years down the road is invaluable. How much time do we devote to other things that you could, you could just, oh man, you could just do so much stuff. You could learn a language. You can, I mean, I, I raised six kids. I, I say I, not me. I mean, my wife and I have six kids that we raise and, and I'm still find time to run a farm and do all these cool things. And, you know, when you talk about starting a podcast, it was kind of, when you get to the point of saturation where you know you can pretty much do anything if you just put your mind mm-hmm. to it, it's really cool. It's a it's a very empowering feeling. But then you you know like anything, you abuse it a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that you know you really can. Like I can I can do anything that I set my mind to, and I think anybody can. But 
what happens is that you go out and you accomplish that. And then you find out that, look, I have four hours left to sleep and, and the rest of my life is suffering because I'm trying to do too much crap. I'm trying to I'm spread too thin. And then you start reining yourself in. So, you know, it's, it's, and even getting into, uh, you know, initially at the BTFD TV, you know, when I did some YouTube uh, stuff back in 04, Three oh four, you know, back in then. That was that, that was, was like the Stone was, Age when you're talking about this kind of work, really. What? Yeah, that would have been. It would have been an oh four because I stopped doing it when my sixth, my last child was born. Wow, and she is six, so yeah. No, that's not right. So it'd be two thousand fourteen. Oh, I'm horrible with math. <laughs> two thousand four. I wasn't even. I wasn't even there. So yeah. No, I'm sorry, not 2000. Okay, 2000. I was going to say, I was like, I, I remember we first got no, wireless no, 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 2004. Yeah. No, I was no, like, no, 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 no. Wow, was yeah. YouTube even around then? See, I'm horrible with dates. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm absolutely atrocious with dates. So anyway, six years ago, that's okay. when that happened. Okay. And then, but, but it, was, it was too much. It was like, okay, this is cool. It's fun, but it's literally too much. I'm trying, like I, I'm working all day. We have kids. And then, and then like our last one is about to be born. It's like something has to go away. And, and, and that naturally, you know, as those things did, then they phase out and, and it's fine. And I, but I, that's when I got kind of the, the bug of, of doing some media stuff. And, and really it's the, the brotherhood and, or the, the bonds you form with people that you're talking to, you know, you, you sit down and you have an intense conversation for two hours with someone, and uh, someone you don't even know right. other than maybe through like social sure. media. Like when you come off of that, you're kind of like, that's a good dude. Like I, I, I know about this guy and he knows about me and we had a real conversation like that. That's a powerful thing. And you start to, to get to know a lot of people in a different level, you know, that kind of uh, feedback, like I, you know, personally really enjoyed that. And then there's, meeting so many cool, cool people along the way. Like that's, that's a very humbling experience because, you know, I've, I enjoyed doing one thing and I was like, well, I could probably do this. And, and, and Robert, he'd started his, I don't, he, he started, he kind of went out and did it and kudos to him, man. He, he took the bull by the horns mm-hmm. and ran yeah. with it. And, and, and there was, there were several people and, and, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to even attempt to to go into names sure. because some have started, some have stopped, some have came, some have went. I mean, I've I've had periods where I just can't do it for months. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it, it's a cool you know project. It's something that I enjoy doing. I don't you know will it ever go anywhere? I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I th- I think there's I, I like the creative side of it. So you know that's fun. But. I think you figure out there's so much that comes like from when you have two people talking like you and I are right here there's so much that comes out of each one of our subconscious that maybe neither one of us even realized was there before. And we get it out in this long form conversation. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what that kind of clarity can do. Like when you can just sit there and, you know, you're in Oklahoma, I'm in Missouri, but you know, we can find some common ground here and, you know, we're both involved in agriculture. You're a lot heavier involved than I am, but um, you know, we both have a podcast. We both enjoy running. Like, you know, it's, I think it's a really cool thing that we're 10 hours apart, but we can really kind of click here. And I, I think that's, I think that's really powerful and really cool thing that we're able to do through this platform. Well, and I think that something I've seen is, is people are, are uniquely common and that they, uh, there's a lot of shared interest and a lot of, you know, every, I think everybody believes that their version of how they experience it is, is like somehow different, but 
we all share the same experiences. So then therefore they're common in, in, you know, you look, go look at a national monument or a, or a famous painting, how, how everybody reacts to it. There's a, you'll see there's patterns everywhere. There's patterns that everybody kind of follows this. And once you can start to see that, it really resonates that like you and I speak the same language, although you, you might've had some different games you played growing up. I'll bet you we could go through a list and probably come up with 10 or 15 of them that, that you and I've never met, never know anybody, any connection. And we, how did we play the same goofy ass game when we were kids? Cause we're relatively the same age. So, so right. there's, there's, there's themes that run through the fabric of society that I've, that I've just been able to kind of pick up on over the years and, and whether or not that's helped me along the way, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just something that is what it is. And I think it does. Like, I, I mean, obviously it can't hurt. Um, you know no. what I mean? And, and, and social media just amplifies that. I mean, and the only reason why it works for me is I was one of the first ones like on Twitter and some yeah. other places. I, it, I, I mean, it, it wasn't, it was that. simply, it was simply just because somebody was there. <laughs> So like, what was it like? What was Twitter like in when did you, when did you join Twitter? Uh, 2009. And, and I'll say that the first two people I can remember, are Devin Hardy, uh, and that was when he was Hardy Farms. And that, uh, that guy's been around forever. Now he's a, uh, <laughs> now he's pinchy honky. If you ever know uh-huh, it, that's, uh-huh. that's, uh, him and uh, Philip Shaw, who's still Agardome. Like, and, and I know there's some more, but I, I distinctly remember those guys, you know, we were kind of just, you, you didn't know what it was. Cause it was like, Oh, everybody just, says what they're doing okay i mean i think my first i think my first remark and i'm sure it was something you know probably shouldn't be said in other words but it i think it was something along the lines of i was sitting at the playground and i was watching all the parents who were fascinated by something other than their kids who were playing and i was like this is weird you know like everybody's here so their kids can have a good time so they can be left alone and and it was just and i was like well I'm standing here by myself. I have this app called Twitter. I'm just going to, I'm going to throw it out there. And, and of course at the time there's, there's literally, it's kind of a void and it was like, well, I'll just, you know, I think, I think I did that. I don't, I think I didn't pick it up for months because I was like, honestly, it was the name of it. It was Twitter was such a weird ass name. And I was like, Uh I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm on this platform called Twitter. Cause I just, I did, honestly, I didn't like the name. I thought it was kind of stupid. And, uh, then some time passed and, you know, boredom takes over your tractor driving, you're doing something. And uh, it's like, well, let's try this. So, you know, 2009 or 10, I've been remarried. We got married in 2008. So I, you know, had a one and a half year old about then two, two, uh, three kids, you know, not much going on. You know, my life was, was uh, farming and, and raising young kids. Uh, still drank. It was fun. Drinking was still fun. That was a cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a whole big deal. So do you not um, do you not drink anymore? Not much. No, no. I mean I'll drink, but no, I I, I kind of went through one of those periods where I just quit. But mm-hmm. but anyway, back back to I'm not I'll get I'll lose my track if I sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. So you know back then and in, in the early stages of Twitter, there wasn't a lot to talk about because you know there, I I don't know that I understood the concept of it yet. And, and so, you know, you interacted and then sometimes you'd, you'd be like, Hey, there's this guy that farms. Oh, he's from Oklahoma, you know? And it's like, and so you talk and, and then you met a lot of people outside of agriculture. Mm-hmm. And, and then of course the, a lot of the ag media, a lot of the people who are in the, in, I don't say in the know, that's such a dumbass statement. Um, people who are in the, in the business of, of dispersing information, you know, they're, they're in 
in that early stages of Twitter. So by default, you kind of get to be, uh, you know, friends with these people because it's like we're the only people here and we're talking about farming or something. And, and I wasn't really bashful. It was kind of like, and then you start to joke around and probably the biggest impression I got was from uh, whenever you had something take off. And at this point I had a couple hundred followers and it mm -hmm. was early, early on in the deal. And, uh, I said something, <laughs> it was, it was related to the mad cow, uh, mm -hmm. BSE had happened. And then, and it, now keep in mind back in the day, this might've been 10, 11, mm -hmm. I don't know. Somebody can look it up and correct me. They'll do it. I'm sure there it was another mad cow. And like, I'm sick of this shit. You know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say something or do something. And it was just kind of a release of stress emotion. And, and I said something because <laughs> in the, in the prior, uh, prior instances, I think that it had been some Holsteins. Uh -huh. So I, I kind of jumped the gun on it and I don't, I don't even know if it was a Holstein then, but at the time it, it made a good joke to say something along the lines of, uh, I don't think I'd eat a Holstein if I was stranded in the Alps with a soccer team and a crash plane. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was simply just being a dumbass lashing out because you, you thought like, you know, it was the Holstein industry that somehow didn't keep their shit together and made, you know, be a C case. And that was, that, that wasn't the case, but anyway, that was the joke. And it was, it was, it was kind of crass and stupid, but it was funny. I mean, I'll, I'll give it that. And I, people were like mad uh -huh. and I thought, well, that's, that's weird. I mean, here I've been talking about farming, getting along, hanging out, just, just, uh, so was it people like, was it people outside of ag people that were, uh, it, was, it was both. both. It was, it okay. was, it was, and, and okay. Now keep in mind back in the day, it was, it was very civil and, and people always talk about how the Twitter was the wild west and this and that. And, and, and it, it had its day and it still is to a certain extent, I guess. But, but for the most part, people were very cordial and somebody kind of, you know, I wasn't the only one. There's tons of people who were, you know, dark humor was, was pretty rampant and it was, it was wildly funny uh, to, to me. So there was, there was this kind of an element that, that didn't exist and that, you know, people, people might've thought of it, but you didn't say it. And then it was, it became, it was really the, I'd had enough friends in, in the Twitter sphere, I guess, mm -hmm. back then that they didn't, that it wasn't looked upon kindly that someone within their, their group, I guess you should say, cause it was still, it was still small enough that it was, you know, relatively small group. And I mean, maybe a couple thousand at the mm -hmm. time, maybe, maybe 10, 20,000 nationwide. It was still small. Right. And, uh, and they were like, you can't say that. You're not supposed to No, Stop. You can't. Whoa, whoa. Time out. What are you doing? Hey. And like, I would get these, these private messages. They weren't DMS or whatever. You know, it was the backroom chat and uh -huh. like people would reach out and they'd be like, Hey man, do you think you could delete that? I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm making a joke. It's, it's, it's like, if you think I wouldn't eat a whole scene, I'd rather, you know, like then for people that don't know, go watch the movie alive and that uh, you'll get that joke. Okay. that's an old nineties joke. They probably, it's probably went over everybody's head. I don't know. Maybe it didn't, but, but the thing is, is that it was, it was humor. It was something that I thought was, it wasn't, uh, wasn't demeaning. It was demeaning to a, to a whole scene industry, but you know, as it turned out, I was wrong and I had I mean, to be it was, like, okay, it was, it was a joke. Like it was a joke. It was, it was a, a joke. joke. And, and the thing is, is that I, after it was all said and done with, I mean, it, it was my first experience with the, the crowd coming at me. Mm. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I distinctly remember this is, this is the defining moment, I think, of my early Twitter days when, because I laughed hysterically 
because there was a guy he he and he's I'm not gonna say his name. He's a good dude. I I'd later you know I don't have anything against him, but he straight up just point blank says, "What is wrong with you?" And I, and I I just I found it so humorous that these these people don't know me. They have no clue what I've been through. You know, at this point, I'm just just a name. Don't have have really have no idea, no no sense of anything. But yet they were very comfortable. Like you've lost your marbles and you don't you, you need to you need to shape up and. And it was kind of like, screw this. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in agriculture, yes, but I'm not like anybody's mouthpiece for it. I mean, I'm mine. Sure. 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 You know, and, and that, and that was kind of like one of those things. It wasn't long after that, that, that somebody called, you know, a friend of mine said, Hey, I'm starting this network and do you want to do a farm show? And then I got to like actually go say the stuff again and people again we're like you can't say that and it's like well why like why can't we talk about stuff i mean it's not like we're it's not like we're saying anything that isn't readily available every day to everybody else and and it's just ever since then it's kind of just been a gradual evolution of here we are i mean it's i don't think anybody really intends to to silence anybody on twitter i think it's just kind of more of a a, a for show uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much. If, if you if somebody wants to say it, they're going to say it. And and the idea that you control what other people say is even funnier. So well, guess what? The first thing that every person with a you know an ounce of spirit does, they're going to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I think that's a lot of where it is now. Now it's just kind of like uh, everybody wants to get their point in. Everyone wants to get right. I mean, I, I just I mess around on there. I, mean, I, I kind of kind of stir kinda, the fire every once in a while. Uh, yeah i mean it's 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 and i you know there's a there's a unfollow button and a follow button and and no one's making anybody be there i love i love watching people lose their mind about how how can you be this way it's like well how how can you stare at your screen it's the thing about you're you're literally the person you are literally looking at it you know and i think that's i think that's really interesting in that we think that someone else is in control of everything but ourselves And I think social media is a great example of that in that Mm -hmm. we think that we can dictate however other people put themselves out to us when in fact the opposite is true if we really get down to it. I mean, Jared McDaniel can say something on Twitter and it it can offend me. It can, you know, hurt my feelings, but I could also ignore it just as easily. You know what I mean? mean, And and, I mean... I can tell the number of times that I've, you know, I'm <laughs> the intent is not to uh, hurt feelings. If anything, it's maybe to enlighten. I mean, maybe I'm poking a dark area that people don't like if I, if it's about philosophy or something, but, but it's, I mean, it, it would be like, you know, if someone would decided that they wanted to uh, paint their yard, do whatever. And uh, they're painting and, and you don't like the flower and then you're like, I don't like your flower, man. You need to just fix that. And he's like, well, it's my painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, you know, it's, 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 you're just, it, it's the way it is. I mean, I just don't, I don't see the, uh, I don't see that everybody owes everybody else their autonomy. I think it's, if somebody likes what I say, great, come on, man, we're, we're going to have a party. We're going to great. If you don't, it's like, well, I, I wish you the best of luck. I really do. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not hung up that you're not here. If, we're still going to do whatever it is we're going to do. I mean, that's, that's the way that maybe it's part of like growing up in a big family. It's like, you can squeal and piss and moan all you want, but the other rest of them are going to go without you. 
and you're eventually going to be laying there kicking and screaming by yourself. So you might as well get up and go. Because I mean, or or make a make a game that's more fun than than they're they're going to play, and have everybody be like, I want to go to your game, or I want to go I want to go do something different. You know, it doesn't have to be it's doesn't have to be follow. It doesn't have to be lead. It just has to be enjoy life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and again, I think a lot of people. You 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 said this just a little bit. A lot of people base their own happiness on what's reflected back to them, like. I say this and I expect you to have a certain response. And when you don't have that certain response, then I get, I get sad or I get mad or I, even I get happy so much. I think that, and I think it's a lot of problem with people's sometimes I, and I'll go as far as sometimes their mental health is that people are expecting other, other people to fill their own needs. If, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, I think from a standpoint of uh, understanding another human, of course, you know, it's a, it's a matter of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's hard for me to, to, to put it in the, like a, a mental health deal. I, I, Cause I have a, a, an idea of like, I think people struggle in stages, maybe in periodic periods. I know whenever I know whenever mm-hmm. I was, you know, like I said, broke going through a divorce, you know, kind of broke you. But but and and was was I having mental issues? You bet. Did I I did I mm-hmm. did I fix my wagon the best I could? You bet. And 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 that's is what it is. Now, if I have a a crop hailed out or I have something that went wrong on the farm, am I having a bad day? You bet. Am I going through middle anguish? I might be. I might be. You know, feeling sorry for myself for a minute. But am, I I don't think I'm like. I'm not checked out. I mean, I think there's different levels of it. And, you know, and I, and I, I I 100% agree with that. uh, Fire siren going on. That's probably on our end. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's so I think that I think there's my only experience has been whenever you get to that point, like you're the one that has to decide you want to come out of it. No, uh, I I think that's, yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, I think a lot of people, Again, I think a lot of people think that there is something that's going to somebody or something when it, in fact it's 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 up to you mm-hmm. to get the work done. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. And I and I think that uh, probably being, you know, working alone most of the time and I don't know, you know, people that work alone understand this. Like you don't have you either do it today, you do it tomorrow. It doesn't matter when you do it. It still has to get done. So mm-hmm. just as well, if you've got a minute, go do it, get yourself. And, and then that transfers not only into like the physical aspect of like m- moving cattle, baling hay, whatever it is you're physically doing with your time, taking care of kids, any, anything like you still have to find that time to uh, take care of yourself. And that not, you know, and that may be, you know, it's mentally and physically. I think that, and it, it's hard and it sucks, you know, it really does. It really sucks. And that's the thing that nobody likes to talk about. It's like, you, you know, it, it's, it's really fun to win. It's fun to, uh, to run for a couple of miles. It really sucks to be like in your forties and say, I'm going to get better. You know, that sucks. That's, there's no fun part about it. There's no glory in, in the beginning. And there's, there, I don't know if there's any glory anywhere. It has to be, you have to frame it to where you enjoy the, the, the misery, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, I mean, it's, and it goes back, I think, to perspective too. Like, 
you you get to be 40 and or whatever age an older age um not old but older and things don't come as easy as they used to you know you used running i mean we you and i kind of think come together on that sometimes it's not very much fun but there was a there was a tweet exchange a couple of a couple of weeks ago between a mutual friend of ours um, where it talked about getting in the getting in an exercise routine or getting in and it's not, it doesn't just have to be an exercise routine it's a routine of any sort and it has to come down to if you want to get into a good routine a good habit it has to be the fear or the trying to avoid the feeling of not getting it done if, if that makes any sense and i think mm-hmm. i think that's yeah. uh, if you're if you're trying to better yourself in any way i think that's like what i don't like the word motivate so much but that's what keeps you driving keeps you going is the fear or the not wanting to get that feeling that you didn't do it yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great way to start. I mean, I think it's like avoiding, you know, it's like, Hey, if I don't do this, I'm going to be real mad at myself. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I mean, man, I don't know what works for everybody else. I know what worked for, I mean, right. I, I, the best I can do is offer what worked for me. And when I, and this is, you know, I've got to go back two years. I mean, I had a, let's see. Yeah. Well, about then. Yeah. I, I, I'm horrible with dates. But about two years ago, I had to get get rid of a guy that worked out here with me. And then and that took me down to myself and one other employee. Well, what that did is that meant that, guess what? You know, old, old boy that used to do it has to go to work. And that was me. So I had to, you know, I had a mm-hmm. summer of it. It wasn't, wasn't time to go hire someone, train them. Like, this isn't going to happen. So I'm, you know, strap the stuff back on, get back to work. And, and I'd kind of, it was a cathartic moment. And you realize that, damn, you know, this used to be a lot easier. I've got to go into this sprinkler and I've got to change this center drive and, and well, get my backpack, get on my crap, start walking in, you know, come out winded, you know, you're just, it's, you're just gutted. And, uh, you know, you do, I did that for a whole summer. It just, it was, it was literally out of, uh, it was out of necessity and, and it was able to kind of cut, cut some weight off, cut some weight and get feeling better. And, you know, a little, little more bounce my step and kind of, kind of really, Hey, I can, I, I feel better, you know, and, and it wasn't like I was, it just, it, it was fortunate that I had the work to do and I, and I was forced to do it because of a lack of options. I mean, I was literally like, Oh, you can not do this and all your crap's going to die or you're going to, you know, you're going to have a bad, 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 bad time or you can go do it. And there you go. And then, then I kind of, I went to, you know, it was a cool, <laughs> cool, unique experience. I went to Canada and uh, met, met Dwayne Faber and Vance Crow and we did a, a podcast mm-hmm. up there. And hanging out with those guys for a couple of days, you know, great, awesome dude. Um, but you know, I was I was fortunate, and then I I saw how you know people that are driven and successful like operate outside of you know just the social sphere, and I was like, dang, those guys like they work out, they they got their stuff together, and you start to realize like I could do that, you know, why can't I do that? And so it's like I'm gonna go run. And, you know, it probably is that as pure spike and competition of like, I'm going to try to make myself better. And then, mm-hmm. then I did it. I just started running and it, and it, and it felt good because it just kind of kept building and building and building on it. And then eventually it just turned into something that it wasn't about avoiding the fear. It was about, I feel better when I do this. And, and if I feel better and I'm losing weight and I'm, I just, life in, in, in general is, is trending in the right direction whenever, when I'm putting the the discipline and the dedication into actually, you know, physically taking care of myself and, and, you know, 
not eating as much crap as you, as you possibly can, you know, whenever you feel like it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, doing other things that, that just kind of get your mind right. I've found it's, it's wonderful. And you just kind of keep pushing and keep pushing until you finally get to where it's not a, it's not a routine. It's just who you are. And, and that's when it, I feel like you get in a real comfortable spot then, and then you, then it's, you just move forward. You move, you move on to the next goal. Like, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? I mean, you know, when I started the podcast, it's like, I want to, I want to be able to say stuff that nobody else can because I keep getting told I can't. <laughs> and, and so far, you know, I, I keep, I, I guess I'm should just driven by spite. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, whatever it takes though, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it's, I, but, but, it, but, but along the way, it's amazing. It's, I've, I've been afforded an amazing journey and I've met amazing people. I, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about people I've interacted with, uh, you know, partied with. I mean, it's, it's, it's been wonderful. You know, you asked about the drinking deal. I, I don't drink much now. I actually quit for about two or three years. I don't, I think it was three years, but I, I, I struggle with that. You know, it was one of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I was a, uh, I was a lightweight, uh, binge drinker, just like, you know, you, when I was a kid <laughs> and you go through college and you go through the, the party life and, and then, you know, your twenties and just these kind of morphs into, uh, like a lifestyle, you know, I did it along with everybody else. Love, 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 go to NASCAR races, you know, any kind of a big, I, in fact, I, I hate golf. I don't know anything about it, but I know it was fun to go drink at. Yeah, so, sure. Um, but, it, you know, you, you got to the point, like, you know, you're a grown man, you've got kids, and, and a hangover hurts way worse than it used to. And you, and you it, there's not a place to incorporate, you know, isn't, it, family life doesn't, doesn't work with drinking schedules. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's a, that's a growing up moment when you, when you have that and, and it doesn't happen near soon enough, you know? Right. I mean, mine was, I think I, and I, I've talked about this just recently. I haven't talked about it much until just the last few weeks really. And I mean, mine was, I came, I mean, I came out through the encouragement of my wife. I mean, she was, so I went from, so I, my first marriage ended and, you know, that was through college, you know, I was drinking, partying, doing all the things like you talked about. Yeah, like the fun stuff. Normal col- yeah, normal college kids do. <laughs> and yeah. then I graduated, I mean, I got divorced, I graduated college in, was this, 08. And, you know, then I had this freedom and then I met my wife-to-be and she already had a two, almost three-year-old son and like, Oh, like I can't be that. Like it was, it came down to it. Like it was either continue that old life without her mm-hmm. or stop that old life with her. And she never gave me an ultimatum. I think I put that ultimatum on myself, but like you can relate when there, when you have, when you find a woman, a wife who, I mean, she wasn't. I didn't go out and find a wife. I mean, when, when we knocked her over the head and drug her home. (laughs) I mean, that's what it it sounded. But when you find someone, I mean, hey, if you, (laughs) whatever it takes, right? (laughs) But, you know, you, you do whatever it takes. Like you start to, like, you had, I had that, like, all of a sudden, oh shit moment where I, I have to grow up or, I realized that it's time to grow up and, you know, thankfully for me, I did. And then I just stopped drinking. And then we, 
I got married. I was a bachelor. And then I went, I went from being a bachelor to married with three kids in 13 months time. Mm -hmm. Like you, that was like, seriously, like, I went through a lot of crap in that time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like the drinking was always something that I kind of masked that like hard stuff for me. And then I didn't have that anymore. And that was, that was really a tough period for me. And I mean, I got through it, but I mean, it was, it, it, it kind of, it, I mean, obviously I wouldn't trade anything for the, for, for what happened, but there was a, you know, a lot of hard stuff went on internally with me and, you know, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but it just, that was a, that was a tough time. No, I get it. I mean, I, one thing I noticed, I mean, cause I was just like everybody else, you know, whenever you, if you're going to do it, do it right. I mean, I, that's, that's, maybe I'm not like everybody else, but that's was my attitude going forward was it was like, okay, you know, we can do this. And, uh, you know, I, I, I never was a person that like, I couldn't stand to drink beer every day. I thought that was just like, how, I don't know how somebody can do that, but, but you know, when it, whenever it was time to drink, you drank and that was fine. That's what men did. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and, and I got no qualms about it and, and I just kind of quit because it's like, okay, if I, if I have to have this, then, then it owns me. And, and if it owns me, then, then I'm not, you know, that's that that was part of an awakening, you know, mm -hmm. midway mm -hmm. through my uh, you know, marriage and and kind of to drop that. And and to drop it required kind of letting go of that part of your ego that you 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 really selfishly hold on to because it was, you know, that like oh, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm working, but you know, and like a selfish me was like, "Oh, but I get to drink. You know, we're good." Well, yeah, but everybody else is still doing their stuff. You're like, why do you get to drink? What makes it, what makes you so special? You know, and stopping completely. It wasn't, and it wasn't that it wasn't hard. It was kind of like, you feel, you know, it, there's no physical withdrawals. It's, it's the social and cultural side of like, mm -hmm, all my, yeah, all my buddies partied. And now I know how mm -hmm. like, well, I, I'm over with my peach tea. You guys good. good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, and, and these are guys that like, and when I say party, I don't mean like, it's not like slosh drunk, but you know, they're people that you grew up with and have socialized and, you know, played cards till midnight, you know, drinking way too much, laughing and carrying on. And, and when you stop, you think that that's all going away. And, and the thing that I'll tell someone that if they have this, you know, idea of they want to quit drinking, it doesn't go away. It changes. In fact, you, you, you realize that those laughs and, and fun times were, were oftentimes sad times. You just didn't put it together in your head yet. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and, 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 you know, it, it's hard to get away from that because yeah, man, it's, it's a, alcohol is a great, it's awesome. I mean, that's why people do it. It's like, it literally makes you feel wonderful. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I always, I always thought it was comical that people were like, well, alcohol's bad. No, alcohol's fine. Alcohol is just doing what it does. It's turning your brain into, it's turning your brain on to whatever it is that, that, that everybody, you know, enjoys. The problem is the person who is is sitting there smashing the the let's feel good button repeatedly over and over and over and 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 when you stop doing that, then you have to find other sources of something to do for sure. for a lack of i mean a lack of a better part of it is is stuff like that gets ingrained in your in your life so when you quit it, I think the struggle is is repurposing your time re, you know rebranding what your brain thinks you are because you don't know because you for a long time, you know, you're this guy that liked to party, like to hang. And, and, and the nice thing is once you, or at least when I stayed away from it long enough, it became not a, uh, not something that I had to do. It was more of like, Hey, I can go drink and it's fine. And I'm cool with that. And, and then not for 
months. I mean, it's, 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 it's like once you learn to tame your dragon and I guess that's kind of a kid's movie, but it, 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 it and then there's power. Once you overcome something that owns you like that, or you feel like it owns you, then the next thing that comes along, it's like, okay, well, here we go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, your, your wins start to compound themselves. And you really, I think the biggest thing that I took away from a lot of, you know, anything that, that I felt was, was trying, my divorce, stopping drinking, any of that stuff, it all came down to just, just sucking it up and doing it. I mean, it was a lot of times it was, that was the, the bottom line is you had to just suck it up and deal with it. And, you know, have the presence, mind, and grace to, to, to lean on people around you if you need to. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're right in that it has to be your decision. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think you, what you what really hit home with me when you was talking about that is like, so you are, you're back like where you grew up. Like you, everybody has this idea of who they think Jared is. And, you know, that's the way it was for me. And like, and then you stop that. You stop mm-hmm. going yeah, to you, bars, you, you stop even just having yeah. a beer in your hand or a drink in your hand. It, do, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but it is. Like, it really is. Well, it, it's as big a deal as you let it be in your brain. And that's, yeah. that's really what, uh-huh. I mean, I think in the last couple of years, that's really where I've gotten comfortable in, in, like, uh, in beliefs and everything else is, is uh, through everything, I've realized that nobody else knew what the hell was going on either. They just acted like it. I mean, and that's that's a unifying truth that I've seen everywhere. It's like there's a lot of people that that have knowledge, but nobody really knows what's going on. All the people who knew how to handle a pandemic are probably in a graveyard. Right. And I don't mean they died, but like they they like the people who are around for for the last major pandemic in the United States are all probably gone. Mm-hmm. And so you know, and the and the last of those are just maybe in some nursing homes. Yeah, and they were um, babies but, when it happened, you know, so I mean, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, so like, it, there's history books, there's, there's, there's practical, applicable knowledge everywhere. You can look it up, you can Google, there's, there's not, a, there's not probably not much that you can't find out if you want to know it, literally about any subject we anywhere have on the planet, s- like, just virtually endless amounts of information just i mean literally at our fingertips every day mm-hmm. i mean we can figure out everything if we want to bad well, again again and and the ironic thing is literally nobody knows anything. <laughs> yeah i mean that's isn't that like a <laughs> because, like a like a paradox i guess i don't know i mean is that well it, it i think it is but it gives me comfort in the fact that uh, you know i'm not alone in, yeah. in in not having knowledge and and one thing about starting when i started farming young i had tons of you know great neighbors that would, you know, they just said, Hey, here's how I'm doing this. Or, or, or you stop and do the pickup row talk where you just stand there for an hour and, and they are, and then they give you that knowledge. So those are people that do know something very specific about like farming this area and they chose to share it with me. And so, you know, there's nuggets of things people figure out and you get handed down. Those are like, like cheat codes in mm-hmm. life. You know, mm-hmm. people, I, I, I feel like I got a mountain of them from my grandparents because when I was little, I hung out there. I mean, my grandmothers were those, you know, I, I had a very, very uh, cool upbringing, I think, in that I got to see, I heard stories from the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. My, my, one of my grandmothers was a nurse, and that was before antibiotics. And so, you know, I'm a little kid eating my banana, doing whatever, you know, whatever kids do when they're hanging out with grandma. And she's like, yeah, you know, before, you know, going into the stories of when she's a nurse, 
and telling about how they had to, you know, like wash your hands because, you know, when I was a nurse and people didn't get infected, this is how you clear, cleared infection. She would go into, you know, details of how they did this before antibiotics. And then she actually explained how wonderful antibiotics were when they got it. Now, people may not may think, well, where is this rambling idiot going? It's the same thing in perspective as somebody who farmed prior to like GMO corn or Roundup Ready. Like I was right at the beginning of that. I don't really know what it was like. I have an idea, you know, but I, I can't say that I've ever been like that, having to go do all the stuff. A lot of when I'm farming, it got a lot easier. So, I mean, I can't even speak to that, but the people who have that knowledge they can they can hand it down, but most people are flying blind. Most people that you run into in every scenario, they don't know what they're doing. They just they're there because somebody elected them or somebody put them in position, and they're and they're growing. You know, I, the old gray hairs usually know more than anybody. Yeah, that's for that's for sure. Yeah, I mean because mm-hmm. I mean that's the best way to figure it out is through experience and through you know screwing up a lot <laughs> and you were talking before and I, I i love the fact that there's like tons of ag podcasts or just you know, just any kind of independent content i i really really like the fact it doesn't matter what it is it's the fact that it's like to do this requires you you take a moment to learn a, a beast of a base level of skill of how to turn something on how to record how to upload how to publish i mean you you have to physically do things to get to the point to get your voice heard by anybody. Then you've got, then, then you actually yeah, have it, to have someone that says, well, I want to hear what this guy has to say. Okay. Well, that, those are two giant hurdles. And it's like, so anybody that's, that's went to the effort of that and then willing to put themselves out there and I'll be damned. I'm going to get behind whoever it is. I don't give a crap what they say because they've, they've at least got the balls to put it out. And I, and I admire that. I mean, there might be some of them that suck, but that's fine. I mean, but there's, you know, <laughs> mine sucks. I mean, but they did it. Like, how did they know exactly. what they were going to say? That's what I love. I love the fact that it's not, it's not a, it's not even a, con- it's not a contest. It's just more like, it's like no, every person that does not. something. And that's just, that's st- stupid independent, you know, production of some, of some thing. Now, it's the same way if you decide to go do different farming, if you decide to do anything else. I mean, now, with all that said, that doesn't mean that you're immune from, like, the general scorn of, of, of humor, I guess. I mean, I, if something is funny, it's funny. I mean, it's I, like the world is an open barrel of fish. You, you, you get to shoot at them. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's like I encourage everybody, but if, if somebody acts like an idiot, I'm going to be like, oh, dude, come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there, it's, mean, it, there, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's grace. Isn't, isn't, it's not unlimited. I mean, nor should it be in anybody's circumstance. Like you can give people so much room, but after a while there's like, if, if, if I conflict with that, then, and then if I, that's back to the whole follow unfollow deal. If I watch something and it pisses me off and I go back the next day and I watch it again and it pisses me off, I go back again and again. And eventually I'm like fuming mad at whatever it is then, you know, it's, it's not the fault of whatever is, is being published. It's the fault of the consumer of, of taking it or, you know, the person right. that's, 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 you choose what, you know, I choose every day what I put in my earbuds or, or mm-hmm. beats, you know, it might be music. It might be, it might be a podcast. I'd, I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts. It's, it's, it's not that I don't want to, it's, it's more of a, I want to try to make it as, as 
unique as possible. And, and you can't help but whenever you hear something that like works on somebody else, it's like, damn, that's good. Use that, right? Yeah. Well, that's I mean, good. You know, it's so like, let, and it, yeah. you get influenced in a way that it's, it's, it's not bad. It's not that it, but the nature of something like that in, in art, in my opinion, of if you call it an art form is, is your, you know, the, something that works, you're naturally going to gravitate. And, and if everybody does everything that works and we, then you all eventually, you know, you end up in the same path and everybody's kind of saying the same thing. Well, I don't want to, to just, you know, fizzle into, to be what it is. I want to, I want it to be, you know, what I want it to be. And, you know, and this is the weird part is it, in order for that to work, I've got to be okay if it doesn't make a damn if anybody listens to it. Because because then if I'm strictly doing it to get a bunch of people listening, then then I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Then you've lost you've no. lost your purpose. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And that's a fine. There, there's a there's a line. You know, you've got to kind of toe there with that. And you know, you want to be interesting, and you want to you want to say things that people want to listen to. But at the same time, you don't want to make you don't want to be a slave to to other people either. So I mean, it, it is a fine line, I believe, um, because you want to, you want to like you say you but want a, to stay a, independent. Well, it's a fairly easy line though, because it's it's like you either do it or you don't. Yeah, no, you're right, <laughs> either, and that goes for everything in life. I mean, if you, if you want to uh, any, name it, anything you want, you want you want to be better at something, just go do it. There are a lot of excuses of why you can't. There are lots of excuses. And most of those are solvable or they're solvable by people who will want to see somebody win. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever met anybody actively going around like kicking marathon runners back feet out from underneath them. Like no <laughs> one's active. No one's like chasing somebody down, like spiking their shoes, making sure they trip. I just don't see that. I think that a lot of people fear that. I think it's something that's like it's an irrational fear that, man, if this happens and someone's someone's going to come get me, it's going to it's going to go bad. What if it works? I mean, right. Well, yeah. what if it works? What if it just what if it just happens and 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 that's a possibility too. And so right off the bat, if you if you immediately all you focus on is how it's going to how what what the end result will be if and when you fail, well. You've you so far you've mapped out one destination. Right, right, right. So, I mean, you know, it, and you're and you're hoping you're hoping that you just somehow dumb luck take a right exit and you get off on Success Town. I mean, no, it's 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 a it's an active choice to to make yourself do that. And yeah, that's I mean, that's I think the hard part is that a lot of people don't they they expect it like I'm putting in the work. Why isn't this happening? Well, it hadn't happened because you haven't put in enough work. And then like, well, I I think I've put in enough. Well. The numbers say you haven't. The people that are your whatever metric you've now decided to use as your level of of success, you know. Well, like there is I, no, it, there is no like absolute like you're either this and you're successful, or you're this and you're not. I mean, success looks way different to you probably than it looks to me or to somebody else. It's it's you know we have to define success for ourselves i think is what i'm saying and the higher mm -hmm. standard we put on ourselves the i feel like the more likely we are to achieve it because we're going to we're going to keep pushing for that we're going to keep that in 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 our sights you know what if, if you know what i'm saying mhm mm i i'm you know what success i a lot of times it's it's kind of a sad moment 
because that means the end of that journey that you were like getting to. I mean, for example, you want to, you want to weigh a certain weight and you run, you work out, you get there and you got it. Tell your friends about it. That moment passes and then you're sitting there. You're like, okay. Well, what are we going to do next? I mean, because <laughs> the victory is sweet. I mean, there's nothing wrong with enjoying it. I mean, I, by all means, like if you if you if you put in the work and you 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 made the outfit, you put the damn thing on and don't be afraid to wear it. Don't be afraid to be proud of what you accomplished. That's so aggravating. Whenever people are like, you, people should should uh, tone down. It's like, well, you did it. I mean, like if you put in the work, you you have the right to say what level your tone is. In my in my opinion, but it, it, that being put aside. I don't know. <laughs> it's you just have to put in the work. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think people people see one side of things. They see a finished product and they say, "Well, that looks like I could do that." And then they go try and do it and it doesn't look like they thought it would look and it especially it doesn't mm -hmm. right out of the gate look like they think it should look and they're like, well, "Shoot, what am I doing wrong?" Um, I must be, well, they don't see you know, everything I had to, going on behind the scenes there. Something else. I had a, a great conversation with somebody I respect. Just, you know, in just a local person here that's good, good, good dude. And uh, in the midst of the conversation, he said, you know, there's a, there's something that happens when people have, have a lot of success and, and specifically referring to uh you know, like farming or business or, you know, n nothing of any, any uh, mind or matter, but it was, it was how people's reaction was to it. You know, most of the time it was, a lot of times it was just kind of dumb luck and people would claim victory, like they had done something and then maybe they had put themselves in a good position, but then they became, you know, where it was more about the victory than it was, uh, than it was who they were before. Like they changed in, in, in essence. And, you know, he wasn't, it wasn't any kind of deep thought. It was just, he was making a point and, and I agreed with him and it, after you acquire life skill, but then you forget how hard it was for you bef before you got that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes nice to revisit what it was like before you had those skills because you understand things a little better or maybe you, I don't know, but that doesn't mean you keep, you, you, you don't chase more skills. I mean, that's the other fallacy I think that goes on is that, you know, it's kind of the, well, if you achieve so many things, you're, you're, then that's all you get to achieve. Like there's no limit to achievement. You can literally, you can do anything. You know, if you want to go fly a plane, guess what? You can fly a plane. You can right. literally do that. If that's something that like floats your boat. I mean, the, in this day and age, if, if you don't have an imagination or, you know, and, and, stupid like a bucket list well how about we don't put it in a bucket why don't we make like a mantle list or put it up somewhere <laughs> where you're going to see it not forget about it in the back of some damn closet with your you know, your other life gonna do one day deals you know either either clean that closet out get the damn bucket out and do it or you know put it out in the barn and use it to feed cattle with you know quit quit hoarding the bucket that you're not going to use yeah that's, I mean, that's, a, that's 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 a big thing you know again i think it like we talked about this again. It goes back to like this stage in our lives. Who's to say that we can't do those things that you call the bucket list? I 
kind of have a problem with that term too. <laughs> yeah, the worst to term ever. Do those things like, right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, what this is. I'm, I'm literally gonna. I, I'm creating a place to put the things that I want, so that I can put them off. Like how? It's a horrible thing. Why don't you make it like my to-do list, not not my 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 do my it, bucket? Like do my, it right. Yeah, I here's mean, my. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go do this on Thursday. Well, you have other things on Thursday. Well, maybe maybe whatever else is on there isn't, you know, doesn't meet the criteria for me going forward right now. <laughs> I mean, there's there's an infinite number of blocks that you can put in front of yourself. Like if you if you want to not do something, you'll find an excuse to not do it. That's not an issue. Like finding the reason to not right. do shit is uh -huh. there's there's ample supply. It's you know, and there's only one reason to do it, and that's because you you chose to do it. And whether you chose to do it for your family or chose to do it for yourself, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, even I, like, if I run, I'm fine running alone. I'm not there to race somebody, you know, and, and I'm not very fast. So they're probably going to win and that's going to suck because the next time I have to be like, oh, I gotta, I've got to get a faster time. And, and in reality, I don't want to race someone else. I want to race myself. I want to like, hey, this is the, the time I ran it in. Yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and wow you ate like shit for a couple of days. Guess what? <laughs> you can't run. How's that feel? You know, and it's, and it's, and it's being your own guardian, being your own authority figure. And uh, maybe that, maybe that's one of the blessings of losing all my ancestors early is, is, is uh, you get a stark reality of that, you know, in the end you are alone doing it and you're doing it, you know, hopefully with a, with a loving partner, I've got, you know, an awesome wife that I get to do all these things with. And we share, uh, you know, our, knowledge ability and beliefs and desires and all this stuff it, it all wraps up into you know it's it's wonderful because we're on the journey together you know that's cool that's cool if you got someone to go with you you know but but she is on her own journey i'm on mine we're all we're on the same path together but you know it, even our kids our kids are on their own paths that's that's so wonderful to sit there and look at all these worlds colliding you know and i i, I kind of cringe when i hear people talk you know bitch about having to eat at home with their family i'm like you, you, you i personally think you're missing the greatest point because at that moment you know you got you got you, you got get, kids you get to you yeah you get to go do it you get to sit there with your family and at that moment they're all healthy they're all there they're all you know everything's working because man there's a lot of people who just those basics of of having a meal at home that uh you know that's that's it's a sad thing that some people don't get to do that and I'm very, very thankful that I get to. And so, you know, it, it, it aggravates me if I hear, you know, if I hear someone like, oh, I got to eat my family, oh, you, know, you know, eat a, eat a, eat a flipping burger meal from wherever sitting in your car when you're, you know, a 30 year old lonely guy. And uh, I guarantee that family meal, <laughs> it tastes a hell of a lot better than that <laughs> shitty burger does. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you got to, <laughs> you're not meaningless, but how you, how do you know, how do you gauge? Like it, this is uh, this is another thing. I don't. I think people avoid their dark side way too much, and dark side and like the things that scare them, the things that that make them nervous, and the things that really kind of they don't know about. You know, like shit. Do I really want to know what my uh, blood pressure is? I, there's times <laughs> in my life that I was like, nope, I don't. You know, I went to the doctor, and the doctors are like, hey, your blood pressure is a little high. It's like, well, that's what you said a couple years ago. Still walking. And, but the reality <laughs> is, is that, you, you know, they were telling me what, what I didn't want to hear. And, uh, 
you know, the, the <laughs> denial denial is a hell of a lot stronger than anybody ever gives it credit to. You can you can ignore crap till you're dead. I've watched every you know it just happens. It just happens. You know, people denial is very strong. So you can you can get around those. It is. Those, you can get around those moments when people tell you what you don't want to hear. And and one of the greatest things you can do is find friends that aren't afraid to tell you the the bad shit. You know, like somebody who's like, uh, "Hey, man, what's why why are you doing this?" And and you'll be like, "You're right." You know, and and because you you need to have people around you who aren't afraid to to be honest, and that's that's a very powerful thing. You know, if if you're if you're in a group of friends and you guys have never had an argument or you've never disagreed or you've never felt like, damn, you shouldn't have told me that, then, I mean, what are you doing? Are you guys, I mean, like watching TV or you having real discussions about what's going on about your life or you just, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't do well with people who just you don't want to have real conversations. Like when they just spit out what they heard on the news, like, well, why do you think that? And then they'll tell you that they think that because, well, so-and-so did this and that's not right. And it's like, well, why do you think it's not right? Well, because they, they did this, you know, you, you think that's all right. They got away with it. It's like, I don't, it's not for me to tell it's, but you know, you, you gotta, when you really get down to what people believe, if they if they don't have a belief system, they're just spouting shit that they've heard from someone else. And, 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 and I get, I get annoyed and, I, I think that people that don't take the time to think for themselves are doing a disservice to those in the world that do. And I think that it ends up like you, you waste a lot of time because it's like, if I, if I, if you don't have an original thought or you're not willing to even commit to making one, then what's, you're just, you're just saying the same shit everybody else is. I mean, and that's, and that's a waste of time, you know? Yeah, you make it. That's a good point. And you are you're wasting everybody because if they want to hear what somebody said on the news, then why not go listen to the news? I mean, nobody needs you to well, say it, that to them if they can just figure there's, that there's, out. There's how many times do you read something? And I, I, I've enjoyed kind of just getting off of any kind of mainstream. I, I, we haven't had TV for five or six or seven years. I mean, we watch Netflix and Amazon and whatever, you know. For mm -hmm. direct TV was what we had when it was gone and we had 800 channels of crap we didn't watch and it was like this is silly so like we don't have TV there's there's not like I really I don't like noise I can't stand like if there's a TV blaring and to this point like if I'm not walking a restaurant there's 14 TVs going on and you're sitting there even it, it doesn't matter who you're with you're talking but there's all this this stuff it's distraction and and nobody's watching it literally nobody in this room is watching that why is it there it's there because you like your sports bar and you gotta have a game. I mean, you could put Little House in the Prairie and my, maybe a, maybe somebody might be like, oh, I remember that episode. This was like where they tripped and hit their head on a rock or something. You know, it's like there's something there that people would enjoy, but no, it's it's usually just some meaningless. Uh, now it's not even football or basketball game. And if it is, it's just the people in the make believe people in the stands. So that's that's a whole thing in itself. But the point is, you're sitting there and all this is going on in the background. And to, for what? Like no one, and, and nobody, nobody, nobody in the room thinks it's weird. That's, that's the odd thing is that everybody has accepted that you're in a room, you're literally in a room where there's tables, people bring food to you. And meanwhile, you get blasted by just noise for no apparent reason. And, you know, there's a polite lady who comes and gets your stuff and, you know, you're literally getting served by another human while things are blaring at you and we're all sitting there like, yeah, this is just what we do. It's normal. It's not. I mean, really, it's just kind of weird. It's just kind of it's really weird. Really not. I, I mean, it's, 
it is really weird. Yeah. But um, but no, you, you bring a really good point in that. I mean, there's so much stuff that we, you, you, I mean, you bring the good example of sitting in a bar or like a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings sports bar type place. And you have to like, you have to have something to take away from a real conversation. It's like everything is like totally distracting you from what could really be an intense, intentional conversation. And that's, I mean, that's, that's really scary to be, if you really want to get down to the core of it, I mean, it's really scary that we feel like we have to have all this crap going on around us. So we don't have to have a meaningful conversation with someone who thought of enough of us to go sit down in a restaurant together and have dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's, you know, and you, and you, you go to a high end place, guess what they don't have. They've got a nice quiet atmosphere and it's, and it's, and, you know, reserved. It's, it's a moment where you can have a, a bit of peace and calm. And, uh, and as crazy as that sounds like having a, having a family of, of eight people in a, in a house, we're one of the calmest households you can do. You can hear now there's laughter, there, there's screaming, there's chaos, but it's calm. And, and I don't know how to explain that in, in the world can be chaos and it can still be calming and it can all exist. And, it, and it's not like it's, it's, it's a monochrome. You have to have one thing or not like, great. You go to sports bar. I get it. You might be behind the bar watching the game, having fun, drinking a beer. That's cool. I've done it. It's a blast. You know, if you got more people there and, and if there's a game going on, I, I get why the purpose of those things are, but to then instill that, like, the only thing you can do when you go to this place is like watch a game and have a beer and like, well, you know, I, I go in here and I choose to, you know, it's not, I, so I'm, I'm a victim of my own thing. It's like, don't bitch about it, but yeah, I'm bitching about <laughs> it. You know, I'm still going in there. You know, it's easy to get distracted by that, but you know, that's, it's a symptom. It's not, it, it's a symptom of a problem that doesn't even, I mean, the problem isn't the TVs. The problem is the fact that people don't talk anymore. The problem is, is that a lot of people are, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, they're, they're not happy in their marriage. There's people that have, you know, I feel sorry for them. I don't know how that, I do know what that's like. I do know what it's like. And I've been on both sides of it. I'd be happy and unhappy. And, 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 you know, that's, it's sad for a human because that's, that's a, who you're, who you're with. <laughs> I mean, and, and, or people that don't have a lot of friends at that moment, or, you know, they're, or they're isolated. You know, that's something about this virus crap that, you know, a lot of people is like, well, just, just, shut it down everybody you know regardless of where you're at i mean that's, there's not going to do any good to go into to that but regardless of where you're at mm -hmm. a big travesty has been the isolation of of elderly and and people who who needed to be at home for whatever reason either medically or otherwise and and man that's that's a brutal side of this that i don't think i think it's going to be lingering for a long time so uh we had there was there was a girl i knew and she said that her, you talked about something that like it really kind of struck a chord with me. She said that she didn't see her dad had cancer, so she didn't see him for the last month of his life, and then he died. Like, man, like was it? You know, I again, that's a whole different conversation, but it just made me, I just thought of it at that moment, and it really kind of made me think about, you know, how there's so much, there's so much, it's such a complex issue that it's just not a stay at home or not stay at home or don't visit grandpa or do visit grandpa. I mean, it's just, there's so much to it. Like it's, it's such a complex issue. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's the real human tragedy of, of, you know, everybody stood out with the best intention of we need to do this. And, and I think everybody was like, yeah, we should and help your fellow man. It's great. But then when it became apparent that there were a lot of negative after effects and, and I could share, you know, the exact same scenario where, you know, elderly people are, they're not being talked to. I don't know any other way to put it. Like you, you, whenever you have someone who is already moved out of there. I mean, you might, you're, 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 if you're in a nursing facility, you don't live at home. You, and this is something that, I mean, I've experienced and I have, I'm very comfortable talking about it. You know, when you get to that point in life that you cannot take care of yourself. And I'm talking like the very basics, you have trouble like getting around, you might fall down, you can't get up. Like when you're at that point and you, you give up that independence of moving into like a assisted living or a nursing home of some sort, you, you really become dependent upon that facility for all your needs, but also like that becomes your social center of your world. So like, imagine, you know, at the end of life, you, you've worked your butt off, you've got everything done. You're, you know, maybe your spouse has died. Maybe you live there with them, but you're, you, you've gotten to the point that you have a life and it, and it, and it is what you have made it. And a lot of these places, they were like, you can no longer even go down and eat lunch. Now, if you're elderly and you have now moved, you've given up everything in life. Now you're living somewhere where you, you know, you enjoy your lunch cause you see your friends. Now you're like, you can't go eat lunch because there's this virus. And they're like, okay, well, how long for like a week? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Bring my lunch. You know, we're good. <laughs> and, and like a month, two months. And you know what, by the time you get to month six, a lot of these people have checked out and I'm just being real honest. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really horrible what has happened to a lot of elderly people because in the effort to save them in all our infinite wisdom, we have isolated these people and made them you it's inhumane. There's no other way to put it. And it's all done in the name of like, you've got to do this. And when you, if you're around enough old people, enough old people with some grit who are incapacitated then they'll look you in the eye and they'll say, go get me a gun because this is no way to live where you look at them and they, they see the world going on outside and they can't, they literally are told you can't leave because you will get hurt. And they're like, screw it. I would rather, I guess what? COVID would be a welcome death than being set here and locked up in this bullshit because that's what I've seen. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of, of freedoms and liberties from people who have paid their damn dues over again, over again, over again. And, that's not right. That, that shit's not right. I don't give a care. I don't, I don't, you know what? These people are like, my baby's my baby. You know what? Youth is resilient for a reason. And it's so they can take the bumps so they can take the bruises. And it sucks. It sucks big time when you've got to put your kids out there and you don't know, you, you know, you tell them you're all right. You got it. You liar. Like I said, nobody knows. Everybody <laughs> says they do. They're, they're full of crap. Nobody knows, but guess what? I'm not going to let my kids see me be like wishy-washy about, hey, here's this thing that you've heard about for six months that might kill you. And we've been talking about it and we've been, we are very open. We're very like, hey, this is what's happening with this. And so they've been on the same ride we have. And now, now when they need someone to be strong, like you're going to school, you're like, they're going out in the world that we've just talked about for six months is, is ending you know what i mean who knows what they read online what videos i mean kids get their own information just like we do and and man if you can't step it up and be there for your 
kids and that, if you can't, if you can't fake it for a minute, even if you think that there might be something bad, you let them see that fear in your eyes. That's, that's, uh, pitiful. I don't, I don't see the point in that. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're going to commit your kid, like, Hey, I, I think it's safe. Well then you damn well better own it. And you better let that kid see that, that belief. Because, because if not, well, I mean, what they it's... what they see is that that my parent really is not sure if this is okay, but they went ahead and sent me, so I guess I'm on my own on this one. And you know what? Being left on your own is a powerful thing because it'll teach them. Screw that! This guy, he's not sure, but he's left me to figure it out. I guess I'll figure it out. I don't, I don't need his help. Mm-hmm. A child looks at their parent who doesn't stand up for them. Now, if you got, if you got, if you right there and you say, "Hey, kids, this is what we're doing." And and they're like, we understand. We're we're on that. We're doing it too. Well, then you you better be right there with them. And it, and it, same for whatever side you're on. If you think that this is bad and you and you you want to be that way, and you want to lock your kids down, then far be it for me to tell you you're wrong. You do your thing, and you just you own that. You tell that kid that, look, I I do not believe it's safe for you. Be honest, because because. Like it or not, this is this is the hardest thing that people don't want to swallow is your kids, your your family, your community, all those people. They get the final word on what they think of you. It doesn't matter what you what you want them to think. You just live your life the best you can. But that all that other stuff, you know, you you play your cards. You're gonna when you're long gone, your kids are gonna be like, "Gab's all right," or eh, kind of kind of struggle on that. So, you know, there's gonna be a day of reckoning, and uh, and if you lie. To your kids, they're gonna know it, and they're gonna take. They're gonna remember it. So, you know, that's just where I'm at. It's, it's yeah. just, there's there's one simple path. It's you're completely honest with them, and then and then, I guess the only time it might not. It's not even dishonesty. It's just like you have to lead, even if you're unsure, because showing showing right. your children that you're, you're you're fearful for them, even if you are. But why put why put that in your head? That's like it's like psyching out a kid before he goes on to, to pitch. He's just like you know your your kid, you're proud of him. He's gonna go pitch and be like, "Hey kids, you know, go out there and kick butt. And make sure you get over the plate. You know, don't 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 hit the dugout people over there. Like why why would you say that crap? And that's 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 mean. That's just dumb. Like hey kids, you're going to school. Um, don't don't breathe any bad air. Like the kid has any kind of say over that. They just want to go bounce a ball. I mean, they want to go be kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, right. that's what I, mean, I don't it's, get. You know, it, it's like all these irresponsible adults have decided that now I'm going to put all this crap because I don't want to be the one, the bad guy that says you have to do it or you don't. They don't want to do that crap. So they pound, they pass it on their kids. And this can be great. There's a whole generation of kids that's going to come up and be like, my parents checked out. I'm not going to do that. And there's, and this can be wonderful. That's going to be a, a positive. So it's going to teach some resilience, which is out. valuable. Very valuable, very valuable. But, and I believe yeah. that. I mean, so uh-huh. when I, when I'm talking about, you know, issues surrounding that stuff, like I'm not, I don't feel the need to, uh, to back off and, you know, other than just for candor, you know, there's a point in time that you don't, you don't need always need to be screaming. Right. Yet, so. Yeah. Well, Jared, I, I appreciate your time here tonight, man. We've, we're coming up on two hours here, which is kind of, yeah, amazing. I just kind of, I, I've just I've just been ranting and raving here for a no, while. No, it's okay, I, I man, uh, and that's I, I'm 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 happy to give you that form to do that because you know I think you as a podcast host I think it's a good opportunity for someone to go on to another podcast and get their point of view across instead of having someone yeah, else yeah. tell theirs. I mean, so I, I think it, I think it's valuable. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, man. I, I do understand what you mean. It's it, I, 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 the longer I've done a podcast and you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know anything about it other than just I've done a few episodes. Be honest. I, I, I don't, I want to talk less. I mean, it's, it's ironic that you, you end up, you have to be a guest on every show. Right. So, right. I think by this point, most people, most people probably already, already know some of that and that's fine, but it's a, you know, it is, it, I appreciate the opportunity. It's nice. It's cool to kind of, to be on this side of it. And, and I, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to make the content, man. It's like anything you're, you're doing it. I mean, you're doing it and you got, you got stuff going on. You got kids, you've got, you got a crazy thing happened to your boy, broke his leg yeah, in three places. That's what I'm like, saying. You, like you've got life going on too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I think that's the thing about it is you can do whatever you want to do. Like, I mean, I, I, we tell kids that, but like as uh -huh. an adult that like goes off into the ether or something, but you can do whatever you want to do. If you want to start a podcast, you can start a podcast. If you want to start a farm, you can start a farm. If you want to go work for NASA, you can go work for NASA. I mean, that, we live in the greatest country in the history of civilization. We can do whatever we want to do. And that's beautiful. And, but it also, it's taken for granted a lot. Oh, yeah. There's no, no point. In, there's nobody, nobody. Do you think somebody in a third world country gives a crap that some American is, is not getting to go to Target? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, right. it's, it's laughable. It is laughable because they're like, I can't get my Starbucks. Wilt, I'm going to wilt. Right. Whatever, you know? Yeah. There's, there's there's real problems in the world. Right. Well, man, I appreciate you tonight. Uh, it's, it's hey, thanks fun. for having me on. I appreciate it. It's, I, it's, it's been like, and I tell everybody, you were one of the first, one of the first ag podcasts I ever listened to. So, I mean, I I don't know if there would have been my podcast if I hadn't heard yours. You know, it certainly didn't hurt anything. So, I I, I appreciate all you do appreciate you know you willing to come on here tonight it was it was a really co cool opportunity for me to talk to you hey well i appreciate uh, i thank you and, and and i gotta say this about jason i i, I should have said this at the beginning but you know somebody's this interested they listed this long anyway they uh, it uh jason's a cool dude because i i ran into some problems we have this has been scheduled i think i don't know this second or third time but every time that i ran into like i had like last minute like I had to be that dude that called him like two hours before we were going to record the podcast and say, man, I'm sorry. I got to, I got to bounce. And you, you know what? Every time you're like, got it, man. Cool. Like, can I help you? You know, and I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have someone bounce and you've, you've rearranged your day. You know, like it's kind of, it's kind of that, but like you were, you were, you were a good dude. You were like, you're like, man, I get it. And I was, I was like, Jason's a good man. Like I, I, and I, and I wanted to find a way and we finally did, we got it to happen. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, extending, extending me some grace when I needed it that day. So I really appreciate it. We did it. And you know, it, it happened. I think that's, and I think that's what the beauty part you talk about being more ag podcast. I think that's mm -hmm. the beauty part about it is they get it. People get it. I mean, you know, the one night, the one night, well, the one the first day, I mean, I came off one of those just crazy <laughs> weeks. So my feelings weren't hurt. And then the second time we were in the middle of hauling hay and yeah, we just hauled more hay. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it, it, it's yeah. fine. And, and that's, you know, back, you know, it's cool. So, I mean, I'm glad, I'm, I, obviously I'm glad we finally got together. Yeah. Well, that's what you talk about. You know, everybody's on the, on the same path. Like, you, you know, I know what it's like to be moving hay and if, and, and I got if I was in the, your shoes, I'd be like, Hey kids, we're moving more hay. You know, it, it, it's, you do what you have to when you have yeah. to. And that's in, whether you're doing that for yourself or you're doing it for someone else, you know, just, man, don't be afraid to be bold on it. Just go ahead. Cause I could walk out of here and, and 
you know, a train derail and take me out. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a thousand ways to die because, because right. there's a new one that showed up. It's, it doesn't mean that any, like death is ever present. It's not going away. It's something that we're all going to square up with when it's our time. So really it makes it nice because you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about death. Everybody gets that prize. Everybody single-handedly wins life and gets the prize of death. So when, when you, when you know that, when you know that you're going to die, then there's, there's no harm in living because it's the right. same. hundred percent. So I don't know, man. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, good, good stuff. I, uh, I appreciate it. Sorry. Our internet kind of crapped out here at the end. Uh, that's another one of my rants I could go on for hours about the, the, the no availability of good internet, even when I'm not as, I'm not even as rural as you are, I don't feel like, and I still can't get good internet. So it's all right. You know, the thing is, is that, uh, so it makes it genuine. It makes it real. I mean, if, if you have the best everything, if you have the greatest equipment, if you have the most perfect lighting, still won't matter if you if you if you don't have something that somebody wants to listen to and all that shit's just, just doesn't yeah it doesn't matter yeah. so so it really yeah, i mean you people just, are going to see through the yeah the, you, you you bring it you bring it from your from your home court logo deal and you dunk on that that's all you got to do man. <laughs> because because guess what everybody everybody's sitting in their house doing the same thing it's not like i mean even the NBA players don't get the cheers from the crowd. So good luck. You know, you might as well just right. might as well roll yeah. with it. I think it's I think it's rock star that you're doing it with sketchy internet and and from your house. I think it's great. I <laughs> well, think that it's makes awesome. it real. Yeah, Keep I doing love it, man. it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, and it was really cool to to actually have a face to face tonight. So thanks a bunch. Yeah, man. Good luck. Thanks. Uh huh. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.